Hi, everybody. Thanks so much for coming back for day two of our podcast, All About Heaven, from the team at Andover Baptist Church. My name's Chris, and I'm here with... Becky! <laughs> I've just realised, I don't know if I even said my name in the first episode, so if you've been hanging on tenterhooks, wondering who is this mysterious voice, it's Becky here, hello. Hey Becky, <laughs> nice to be back with you today. We're kind of exploring what it means to do a podcast, huh? so um, this is all a bit new for us, and uh, the fact that people have come back for day two means hopefully day one was okay, and um, I'm looking forward to what we're going to unpack today in yeah. day two why don't you just really quickly remind everybody why we're doing this podcast all about heaven yeah so um we began to touch on last uh episode that um what we believe about heaven makes a difference for our lives today but so many of us whatever we believe whether we are new to faith still exploring or whether we've been christians for a long time we don't have necessarily clear in our minds what we actually mean when we talk about heaven and actually, Chris shared a statistic in the last episode. Some Christians don't even believe in heaven, <laughs> like which sounds kind of crazy, but apparently the statistics are true. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so we actually just want to walk with people through figuring out what could we believe? What do we believe about what happens next? What happens beyond this life? And could that make a difference now? Yeah. Brilliant. Good. Like, I want to jump into two things today. Number one, I want to talk about persecution and suffering. <laughs> Brilliant. Because, well, I can't wait for that. <laughs> yeah, because I'll tell you why. Because uh, we have a great staff team here at Andover Baptist Church. I currently am the oldest member of the staff team. And I do do get a fair amount of persecution might be too strong a word for it but a fair amount of grief is this fair to say becky you're going to insinuate yourself sure. incriminate not insinuate incriminate yourself <laughs> um uh, so um yeah uh, and we're going to talk a little bit about about suffering today and uh, not necessarily the suffering from like being given grief for how old you are but the second thing is um i am getting a little bit older than uh, other people on our team and i recognize from time to time that my body is has aches and pains it didn't used to have 30 years ago <laughs> and uh, in particular i have a knee thing going on and we've talked about this uh, um outside of this podcast we both love walking and hiking and going on on holidays with our other halves to places where we can climb up mountains and all that kind of stuff and i become very aware when I'm climbing up mountains and things that my body is you know decaying um, not quite what it was I've got aches and pains that I didn't used to have you wouldn't know anything about this uh, I'm, I'm sure so we're, we're going to talk about this is really cheery right so we're going to talk today about suffering and decaying so yeah. I'm really looking forward to that so guys it feels like Chris really needs to have this conversation <laughs> this so is like please stick around just so he feels heard <laughs> Why don't we? One of the things we said yesterday is that um, all through this podcast, we're going to dig into uh, a section of uh, the Bible, uh, the writings of people who were uh, with Jesus or who were eyewitnesses to the life of Jesus or who came after Jesus, uh, having heard his teachings and had encounterings with him, talking about the things that he talked about. And uh, we're going to jump into uh, one of those letters that's in the New Testament part of the Bible today. And we're going to ask the questions that we asked yesterday around context and point and what's the tweet and that kind of stuff. And we're going to do the same thing again today. So we're, we're going to a letter called Romans today. For people who might not know, people who might be exploring faith, might not have been around church, 
what's this letter yeah. about in Roman? Yeah, to so, so this letter is um, it's one of the, the first letters you'll come across in the New Testament if you were reading it from, from the beginning. So you've got the Gospels, the accounts written about Jesus's life, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. And, and then you get this other letter, Acts of the Apostles, which is all about um, the people that Jesus sent out to go and share the good news. And then you get this letter called Romans, which is written by one of those people. Uh, it's written by a guy called Paul. And Paul had this really dramatic turnaround in his life from persecuting Christians and not the kind of persecution that Chris was just talking about, but serious persecution um, from persecuting people who were saying that Jesus um, was their Lord, that they worshipped Jesus. Uh, and then he had this dramatic conversion experience and became possibly the biggest advocate for the gospel. And then he would share this message um, everywhere he went. And uh, he wrote to a group of uh, people who had begun to believe in Jesus who were in Rome, right at the heart of the Roman Empire. So it's a really interesting letter because this is at the time where the Roman Empire is in full force. And Paul's writing to these people who have stopped pledging their allegiance first and foremost to the Roman Empire and have begun to pledge their allegiance to Jesus. And obviously that comes with a certain degree of social persecution, of alienation. Mm. And they're trying to figure out where do they stand now? And uh, they've got some difficult questions, but Paul's also needs to address a few things with them because he's gonna he's about to come and visit them. Mm. So he's like setting them up so that when he comes and visits them, they'll be prepared, they'll be ready. Um, and uh, he wants to be clear on what it is that this faith is that they've they've begun to grow in and actually romans is one of the toughest books i would say yeah. in the new testament it really is where paul digs into some of the difficult questions about what we believe about jesus and uh what our hope is in yeah um is that a fair summary yeah, Chris? A brilliant summary yeah yeah so i'm gonna jump in and i'm gonna read some verses from romans chapter eight so uh and i'm gonna read the verses from uh verses 18 to 25 so again if people have got bible apps or bibles in front of them or whatever you don't have to you can listen but if you want to follow along that's where we're going to be romans chapter 8 verses 18 to 25 so here we go this is what paul says i consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us for the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of god to be revealed for the creation was subjected to frustration not by its own choice but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of god we know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time not only so, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. For who, uh, who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. So we're going to have to dig wow. around in this a, a yeah. little bit. Why don't we? Why don't we dig around into just a couple of phrases that we might not um, uh, understand, or that perhaps um, just needs a little bit more explanation, particularly if we're not used to kind of Bible-y kind of language. Yeah. So why don't you talk first fruits of the spirit? Paul says. Yeah. Uh, um, not only so, but we ourselves, you have the first fruits of the spirit. What does he? What does he mean by that? Yeah. So. Um... I had this question for a long time until somebody explained to me that so so Paul was originally well he he was a Jew and he's um 
the message of Jesus springs out of uh, first century Judaism and uh, many people who started to follow Jesus first were people who were Jewish and had Jewish context and first fruits is a Jewish uh, idea and it's this idea that um, there'd be this uh, time at harvest when the first fruits, literally the first fruits that were produced from the harvest that were plucked from the fields would be brought into the temple and they'd be lifted up in the temple. And when they were lifted up, that was a signal. Okay, all the other fruits can now be brought in. Wow. So this idea, whenever Paul talks about we are the first fruits, uh, we, what's he say specifically here? We who have the first fruits of the spirit, we who have been brought in and who are a sign to others to the world that others can be brought in and that this that we've been given the spirit of god that is the presence of god with us that that's a sign that it's now time for more and more people to be brought into this thing that we're a part of does that make sense yes it does yeah yeah so people who have received the message of jesus mm. been filled with the kind of the presence of god yeah are kind of witnesses evidence yeah. to the work of god yeah such that that might draw yeah other people in that's right yeah yeah, yeah. brilliant yeah. well that and which leads us really nicely on to the the uh, the next phrase we're going to we're going to talk about which is this adoption to sonship which kind of immediately makes us go well hold on sons what what about daughters here and again i think that needs just a little bit of explanation so again when paul was around in this kind of culture that he was in both in the roman empire and in jewish culture actually um it was sons who inherited uh from their fathers from from the family so this inheritance thing was really important and when you were when you were a, a first particularly a firstborn son like everything was coming to you and uh adoption to to sonship is kind of a phrase that's quite often around in uh in the bible and and uh, things that the followers of jesus talked about that god offers this opportunity for people to be adopted into his family as his children but more than that to be um adopted as like sons in that culture so i inheriting everything like like you know the people who were going to inherit all that the family have and all that god has them so this is not about a gender thing this is about a status thing that god is offering to people who mm. uh start to follow jesus that to be adopted into his family with all the rights mm. that kind of a firstborn son would mm. have does mm. that make sense yeah it makes sense okay, cool and uh so should we go on to our our next question yes. so we've sort of we we want to ask what's the context we've talked about yeah. the context of this passage yeah. then we want to talk about so what what's the point what's yeah. going on here yeah um i just want to quickly draw out because i'm seeing a pattern already emerging in these episodes that this language over and over again of like so we we groan inwardly as we wait eagerly yeah. for our adoption to sonship and it's it's this again setting out something that is ahead of us that we do not yet have, but that is secure. It's as certain as if we did have it, yes. but we don't have it yet. Yes. And I really love that last section. Um, but hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? Yeah. We hope for something that is ahead of us that we don't yet have. Yeah. So what's the point of this passage, Chris? Yes. What is what is Paul trying to get across? Well, yes. I mean, it, it's complicated, I think, uh, mm. fair to say. But I, I think... 
you're so right to pick out that word eagerly, which, which again, I think is linked with hope. I think like that eager expectation, you might call that hope. And again, our theme for these podcasts is the hope of, of heaven and what that brings to us. So I think that's really important. But Paul is saying, and I think behind this slightly complicated language is what we would all recognize and understand that the world is decaying our bodies are decaying you know it's not all is not as it should be you know in if the world were perfect then things would be quite different and and i think we can all understand that you know our, our bodies are not what they used to be we have aches and pains and all of that kind of stuff in 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 if the world were perfect it wouldn't be like that the we see the decay of the world uh, around us natural disasters or man human human made things that are going on so i think we all resonate with that idea that the world is groaning and decaying. I think that's a really, I love that groaning is quite expressive kind of thing. But what Paul is saying is that's not the end of the story. And I think that's the critical point here. A time is coming, which we can look forward to with eager expectation, when all of creation, including our bodies, are going to be redeemed and restored. And that's uh, the promise of heaven that Jesus talked about, that we've been unpacking on our in our Sunday morning series, and we're going to unpack in our Sunday morning series. That's the promise of heaven, not some kind of floaty off on clouds in the sky thing, but that a time is coming when this decay and and groaning will be reversed, and um, uh, all of creation is going to be redeemed yeah. uh, and restored. And yeah. that's Paul's critical point, I think. Yeah, it's almost summed up in that you get this. Um sentence right in the middle of the passage we know that the whole creation so everything in the world has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time yeah now neither you nor i have ever experienced the pains of childbirth <laughs> but i hear it's not pleasant um but there is that you know it's this imagery of pain but that is going to produce something in the end that, yeah. that um whilst childbirth is immensely painful it produces new life yeah. that, that it's birthing something yeah. new into the world and then that's that that promise as you're talking about that you know it, it says at the beginning our present sufferings are not worth comparing mm. with what is to come when I asked my mum why would you go through something like that <laughs> she says well not in those exact words but you know that suffering yeah. was nothing when you no now please women i'm so sorry for those of you who've gone through childbirth i'm not saying it's nothing but it wasn't anything compared with yeah. the gift of this child yes yeah and that that almost that sentence kind of is the clincher for yeah. the, this point that paul yeah. is making absolutely could we get it into a tweet well yes <laughs> not not easily I, mm. I don't think but again i think we can try um again uh, and we reflected on this a little bit yesterday the hope and offer of redemption, which is posh way of, of, of saying restoration, salvation, if we want to put these are all kind of big words, aren't they? But mm -hmm. the hope and offer that, that God is making to us um, includes uh, what is to come when all of creation, all of the, the created order of the world is restored and saved and mm -hmm. rescued. Mm -hmm. So that i don't know how many whether that's 240 characters but again um i think that's the that's the 
what I would take away from yeah. this. Yeah. Um, that the, the the thing that God is offering, uh, the salvation that God is offering, yeah. includes a future time when the yeah. whole of creation is yeah. saved, yeah. rescued, restored. Yeah. He uses words like freedom here, doesn't he? I'm sure I saw that uh, in there. Um, redemption, liberation, that that kind of mm. stuff. Mm. Sorry, that's not a tweet. This passage is not making light of suffering, and suffering is intensely painful. Yes. And it's the promise that everything we feel intensely now, all the pain, the loss, will be one day replaced by something that is so wonderful it will be the the that extreme that we feel when we're in pain and that's possibly the most extreme feeling we have isn't yeah, it yeah that when you're in deep deep pain mm. that there one day we will experience the totally other end of yeah. that spectrum yeah and that, that that's the promise of heaven yes. and that somehow as difficult it is as it is it means that one day the difficulties we have experienced and you may be in listening to this right now will be replaced by something that totally outmatches what we have been through here yeah yeah and I, and I want to take huge hope and again um it helps us not to uh take suffering lightly when mm. if we know a bit about Paul the sort I mean, Paul went through horrific suffering at the hands of other people, persecution for what he believed and all that kind of stuff. Um, so he is not writing this as somebody who doesn't know what suffering is. And for him to be able to say, when we look forward to what is to come, it puts our present sufferings into perspective, it doesn't diminish them or remove the pain or that kind of stuff. But it does offer us hope uh, because there is something much much better coming and that can offer us a perspective and maybe encourage us to keep persevering in the in the face of uh, pain and suffering because of the hope of what is to come and for me that that's what i would want people to take away from this that if we're experiencing suffering and pain now or we do and we we will experience it in the future that if we can lift our eyes somehow in the midst of all of that from what is to come then that will help us uh, in the the present sufferings that we experience, yeah, yeah, that's the difference that, for me. That's, that's the, difference the difference question. That answers what's, that, the, what's difference? the difference? Yeah the, yeah, the difference it can make when perspective, yeah. when we have a perspective on heaven in the midst of our suffering. Yeah, yeah. 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 And we're going to talk a little bit more in uh, an episode coming up this week about that promise of specifically what how suffering will be dealt with yeah. in the future. Yeah. Um. So what's next, Chris? Yeah, yeah. Well, a, a really good question. I think this, um, uh, and I'm speaking, I, I guess, uh, about church and, and Christian things. We don't often talk about this restored earth, this this um, restored creation, when we think about heaven. I think most of us, when we think about heaven, we're thinking about somewhere up in the sky or, or, mm. or whatever. And it can be a little bit complicated to get our heads around really I, I struggle to get my head around that idea uh so um uh there are a couple of resources that i've been using to try to get my head around that a little bit more there's a great book called the case for heaven that we're recommending throughout this series there's a chapter in there where this guy lee strobel i think it explains in really easy ways 
how that might work. Mm. If you want to dig around in that in a little bit more theologically or, or uh, unpack it a little bit more academically, then great book called Surprise by Hope by N.T. Wright. Mm. So uh, if to, to get a, an under, a grasp of better understanding of that, I think there's yeah. a couple of things that people could take on as a yeah. as a next thing. Yeah. Yeah. And can I just say, yeah. if you are listening to this episode and you are groaning in yeah. some way in your life, if through pain, physical pain, emotional pain, um, don't groan alone. Yeah. And one thing that's very clear in this passage is that the this is a shared experience that Paul says creation is groaning. This is the reality. You yeah. know, we can't get away from this reality that things right now are difficult yeah. and um, it's, a, it's a willingness to, this passage very willingly confronts the fact that things right now are difficult, yeah. it doesn't shirk over it and um, we want to create space in this community where nobody has to shirk over that stuff yeah. and can be honest and if this gives you some language to do it, if you've found it difficult before, just say, you know, we, they were talking on that podcast episode about how we're groaning. Yeah. Well, here's how I'm groaning yeah. in my life right now. Yeah. And that sounds kind of silly, but sometimes it helps us have a way in, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. I think that's great. That I'm going to take that phrase away yeah. for us. Don't groan alone. Yeah, don't groan alone. Yeah, I yeah. think that's really helpful. Yeah. 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 So we hope that this episode has helped you to do that. We hope that it's inspired you with a bit more about the hope that is stored up for us in heaven. We hope that you want to take a next step, maybe explore some of those books that Chris has just recommended, The Case for Heaven, Lee Strobel, and Surprised by Hope, N.T. Yeah. Wright. Is yeah. that right? Um, and we hope you're listening again to the next episode. Great. Thanks, Becky. Thanks, Chris. Thanks so much for listening.